Okay, we have copped out though because we started last week by saying, Oh, we're real martyrs and we're in the woods. And because it's too windy to run a session, yeah. we're now in your kitchen. Yeah, it probably sounds all weird and echoey. I mean, we can still. Would it? Hang on, wait, wait one second. I'm gonna like see. I'm gonna stick the. I'm gonna stick the microphone out the door and see if if the wind works. I don't know if you could hear that, but that is proof that it is too windy to run a session. I just stuck it, I stuck it outside. Yeah. There we go. Brilliant. Yeah. Just a bit of atmosphere. In case anyone was like missing sound of the outdoors. Yeah. We're going to be talking about Vivian Gustin Paley's You Can't Say, You Can't Play, which we've briefly mentioned on other podcasts because we've um, said we were going to read it. I can't even remember why... How did we come across it? Why did we say we were going to read you it? You sent it to me. Yeah, but how? Why? I think... I don't okay, remember. Okay, so Vivian Cousin Paley um, came up with the idea of helicopter stories, which I, maybe we've talked about in the podcast before. Maybe in maybe passing, not. but not in detail. Anyway, that's the thing that we do have a look at what it is. That's a separate podcast, probably. Um, but that's how I kind of found out about her. And... Um, then this kind of ties into that podcast we did on like play and democracy. That was where I think we, we were looking up things about democratic play. Yeah. And there was a, I'm sorry, I'm undoing all the pages you folded. I, would, I just folded over the magpie story sections. Oh, okay. Making it get in the bin. Mm. We'll get to them. Sorry, what I was looking up was, I was trying to work out when this book was published. Oh, it was 1991. Uh, it was published in 1991, was it? Yeah. 1992, yeah. And I was confused because it then said 1929. And I was like, Jesus, this is an old book. And no. then I realised, no, she was born in 1929. Okay. Um, in America. So she's an American early years practitioner, um, kindergarten teacher. And um, some of the reviews I've read of it since say, oh my gosh, I looked at when it was written and my jaw hit the floor because I thought it was from the 60s. I thought it was from the yeah. 70s. And it's got yeah, that yeah. vibe about it, hasn't it? It's very, uh, yeah, it just feels old time feels like a different era yeah it's it's an interesting i mean partly that's the cover and the choice of you know mm. literally judging the book by its cover it's very 60s but yeah the way it's written and also the i think one of the parallels i draw is like um they say if you watch old films compared to modern films the pace yeah, is yeah, so yeah, much yeah. slower the editing. The, the editing is like you've got real time and it's all about um Maybe uh, people who are fans of Friends smell the fart acting, the the meaningful look Joey says he does on TV. He just kind of well, you won't right, see right, it, right. but when he goes, yeah, and it pauses, and it reads a bit like that. It reads so slowly and mm-hmm. so um, kind of like a, a a preschool teacher telling telling you a a lovely story mm. and when children mm. and we're doing this. Whereas the things I think that speak to me a bit more are the punchier, like, you do this, you do that, here's your ethos, yeah, let's challenge you're that. Used you know. to reading things like that. Um, the premise is that she has been working as a teacher for a long time, I think, already by the time she's mm-hmm, writing this book, mm-hmm. and she is um, noticing through her work that there are children that are very often excluded from the play of the rest of the, the group. The same children are yeah. often excluded. And... She is wondering what to do about it, and she kind of always just deals with it in terms of like she's noticing like one particular child going and 
going and crying in her cubby hole all the whole mm-hmm. time. And the cubbies, she's crying in the cubbies. Which confused me because I thought the cubbies were like little boxes, like a so locker. And then I was imagining a child getting yeah. into her locker. But maybe yeah, it's I a, think it's like more a like a, a reading corner. Like a cl- or... Oh, okay. Mm, I don't know. know. A little corner, a cosy corner of some kind. Um, and yeah, and a little boy constantly being told um, that, yeah, he's not welcome to join the other children's play. And she's kind of dealing with it case by case and going, oh, well, you mm. know, you come Consoling along and tell, yeah, of, you come along of, and tell me a story then. And putting plasters on it emotionally, just going like, oh, patch that up, oh, patch that up. Mm-hmm. And then going, well, maybe I can take away the thing that's cutting them. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it's that kind of analogy, isn't it? Yeah. So she sets up this idea that what if we have a new rule, which is you can't say you can't play. It is literally a rule that you cannot say no if somebody says, can I play? Um and before she puts it in place in her kindergarten classroom, she asks her kindergartners what they would think of that rule. And she also asks children further up the school and says, we're thinking of having this rule, what do you think? And she kind of records... Well, she doesn't... I don't know if there's a bit at the back that talks about her methodology at all. I haven't really looked at that. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Because um, it's written in the present tense, which is quite interesting. So she's talking about... She's writing out the conversation she's having with the children as she's saying, what do you think would happen if I put in this, replace this rule? And and those conversations are really, like, interesting to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I am interested to know whether or not she did record those conversations and transcribe them. Yeah. They're not written like a transcription. They are written like Like prose, a story, like they? a novel kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if those things have been edited by her. They seem... They seem too concise in the way that the the way that children speak is not this direct and I don't want to belittle children right but children do not speak in a way that's this direct and relevant and to the point yeah and there's no hint that they might be forming ideas as they talk or that someone's viewpoint has changed or as we have in the woods that the child just randomly starts listing their address and what color their door is (laughs) every time time. how are we feeling today well i'm hmm and i live in the thing and the what and i've got a red dog and what are you doing that's not what we're doing mate (laughs) and uh but they always also talk um there's a few lines from uh the TV show Captain Underpants in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Always. <laughs> it's mental. But, I love it. but so then you read this book, and maybe she's <laughs> at a school of like incredibly eloquent children who have all had debating lessons. But mm. she, you know, puts a, a theory to them and they respond in in a very edited way. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. So she's not kind of saying. It's a, it's a tale, isn't it? She's telling a tale, and then she's also telling a tale within that tale, which we'll get onto oh, in a minute. Fuck. But um, <laughs> um, but what I did like about it, what I find interesting, is um, kind of documenting that process. So um, talking to the children about uh, like it's meta, right? So talking mm-hmm. to children about what you're doing and discussing it together, I really found. But not even about what you're doing, what you might do. Yeah, because that's what I was just looking yeah. up. Is this book is a hundred and. 30 odd pages yeah and she intro- she implements the idea at mm. page 80 yeah so there's you know nearly yeah. over half the book is her going sitting down with children and going we're definitely not doing this today but what do you think about and then I think part of that is you're like, like you said it's an interesting <clears throat> process of talking it all through and getting making sure they're really they've come to grips with the idea but it also strikes me that the large percentage of what she's writing about 
it has no grounding in like rubber hits the road. Mm-hmm. It's all theory, mm-hmm. and it's all the theory of children. I still find um, that I still find that interesting. I it's agree. Interesting, it's like it, you couldn't necessarily use it as a piece of evidence in order to um, ascertain whether or not her idea works. Well, that's what but, I think. So I think <clears> when <throat> when I looked at some reviews, there were lots of people saying I implemented this, you know, today and or you know four years ago, and I've never looked back, or I've done whatever else, and. I'm not sure that I think that it's a good enough, yeah, like you say, piece of evidence to inform practice. Mm-hmm. Is it an interesting insight into what children will think about rules? Mm. Yes. Mm. Is it an interesting insight into the social world of children? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's quite interesting. Does it have any sort of meat and substance? It's kind of like, it feels a bit like the um, the proposal at the start of a scientific experiment. Yeah. You know, they're talking very much about what the process is going to be, yeah. what they the expect the outcome yeah. to be, but there's no... We're not getting the results table here, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, as a little kind of uh, example of the kind of conversation she's having with the children um, in the chapter called The Habit of Rejection. So she's talking about what other... So they're in Arizona. She's talking about what other teach... Oh, no, she went to Arizona. She had this... Uh, chat with other teachers so she's often going away on conferences isn't she mm. and she always feels a bit bad about actually leaving her children especially those children that are very often rejected and she feels like she's their only voice and yes. then when she goes on a conference part she... of it is she's lost her voice isn't it oh, yeah. and then she and that's actually, why she's yeah. like i'm gonna put something in place like so that... physically lost her voice she's got yeah. an infection or whatever and she so it says i need something so that the children don't mm. well i think the way she puts it is so that i don't have to talk all the time mm. which is interesting because it's not can they resolve it themselves or are they, you know, but anyway, sorry. I'm yeah. Um, well, she's talking to the children about talking to these Arizona teachers and, um, and that the Arizona teachers also say that their children reject one another and the children say, what do the teachers do? Well, first they try and convince the children to be kind and let one another play. But if that doesn't work, they help the one who's rejected and find, find another playmate just as we do. The children have learned rejected. No euphemism will do. Rejection in play is the forerunner of all the rejections to come. Of course, the feeling begins much earlier in life's first separations. We're so vulnerable once we are alone at school. Like that is an interesting, like to talk mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. rejection in school and those feelings of vulnerability I found kind of interesting. It makes you makes you think about it. You know, it might be an issue that and the way they frame it as a as an inevitability and that it, that it's a yeah. brand that sticks on you yeah. and that um, you know it's uh, I guess in some ways that it's not taking something very scientific. I know I just yeah, said that's yeah, not yeah. so, but it's not saying as an isolated incident and these were the you know it's going yeah but over the whole of schooling and this is a feeling people have and yeah. And then she says that um, some of the Arizona teachers think it's probably best to just let the children figure out these problems for themselves. So this is what it's really about, isn't it? Is do we let these children figure out these problems for themselves or what is our role as the adult in the situation and how far do we step in and if we step in, what do we do? Mm. Um, and so what do we figure out for ourselves, Charlie asks me. Well, you're playing your stories. I don't say what they must be about. You don't tell us what to paint, Smita says, but Jennifer always tells me. She likes to give people advice, I say, but you don't always do what she tells you, right? Angelo wants to know what else I don't tell the children. I try not to tell you what thoughts or opinions to have, is my less than honest answer, at a time when I am single-mindedly pushing new attitudes about play. Well, we have to come to the rug and come to a discussion, but I don't tell you what to say in the discussion, I hasten to point out, and I listen to everyone, and we have to take turns to talk. Um, this is the first time the children examine my role with such intensity. So I just find that really... Mm. I do find that really interesting, and I really... Um, yeah, talking about teaching, talking about the group, even with little children, it's a bit like um, uh, philosophy for children. I mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. like looked into a little bit um, when I did my masters, which was nothing to do with this really, but it was about um, 
the role of imagination in the English classroom and right. getting children to um, write and roll a lot. And okay. so then yeah. children, the reason that interested me is because children who didn't like writing, didn't write very often, um, mm-hmm. were a bit like, oh, this is not my bag. When I was asking them to write and roll as a character from Mice and Men or yeah, Juliet, yeah. whatever, yeah, yeah. they would just write this incredible piece. They'd write like a diary entry, nothing too. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, write a letter to your solicitor, blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, a yeah. diary entry. And yeah. you'd read it and you were like, oh my goodness. And so then I interviewed yeah. them right. about their, their experience of doing it. And oh, okay. that's what I found really interesting. And I remember the, the fact that, and how they kind of sat and how they spoke at being asked, mm. at being interviewed in the first place, that somebody was interested enough in Valued, them and their opinion and their experience in order to like record that and transcribe it. Mm. Um, they behaved and you know, because... Um, for moral reasons, you tell a class what you're doing and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not teaching you any differently. However, I need to tell you and let you know that the work we're doing is going to be the subject of this dissertation. Mm-hmm. You get parents consent and all that kind of thing. And and the class behaves differently when they yeah. know that's going on. And I think it's a really positive thing. I think it's a positive um, shift. I didn't notice any, okay. any child go, oh, this is weird. What are you doing? I think they all kind of took it as a like, whoa, you value us and our work and our opinions enough to be bothered to write about it, which I think confers some kind of um, status and like a new relationship between the practitioner well, and the also, children. I think it kind of Im- implies or infers, I can't remember which one it is, um, a sort of level of uh, humility that you are not an all... Because yeah. a lot of teaching uh, people will kind of say, you know, fake it till you make it just mm. pretend you know you know yeah. be bullshit and be whatever and actually to be able to go in not so many words perhaps but to go oh I'm reflecting on what my what I'm doing because yeah. this is what I want to do and I want to do it better and I'm not perfect and I'm maybe going to do all mm. that and that's interesting for children you know it's tying it to forest school you know we mm. do a lot of stuff of reflection and how did the session go and doing whatever else and I wonder I mean, I don't know that we've necessarily ever done it, but how, if you do a reflection at the end of your session, how often you as a leader would reflect back, not on the activities, but on your performance as a leader. Would you sit with a group of children and go, um, do you know what? I think we've had a really good day. I was a little bit unhappy with how um, I spoke to you when we were Mm. over there and digging because I was worried that you were going to hurt yourself. But on reflection, I think, maybe next time I would do this to you. How many people would be that frank and honest? Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? You know, because we would say to children, you would would expect them maybe to go, well, I've had a good day, but when I talk to, you know, not that just we reflect on negative things, but that you would expect children to reflect back on their behaviours and how they spoke to each other and kind of go, well, are you going to be better tomorrow? And And if you did that, it would set the tone for that and set that atmosphere of honesty, wouldn't it? Mm. And, And vulnerability, because it is about being vulnerable. Because definitely, I would say that um, we started doing more mini reflections, haven't we? Yes. With our younger groups yes. at, at break and lunch, and um, and I tend to start those reflections. Not by going right, we're all doing a reflection now, but while yeah, I'm yeah. Munch, halfway through munching a snack, I'm like, oh, I really like this today, but I was a bit, I was a bit scared, or I found this a bit difficult. So I've tried to make mm-hmm. sure that there's always a less than positive uh, aspect that makes it to my. But I've yeah. never done it about my practice like mm. that. Um, is that a bit how the sausage is made? Do you want children to know? You know, because oh uh, no, do you know what? That's not true. I think we do do that. I've definitely heard you say, like, 
um, maybe stuff that's not so personal. Like if you're teaching a knot, for example, you might go, oh, hang on a minute, scrap that. I've, I've just explained that in a really bad way. I have definitely yes. noticed, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I think we are doing that on a smaller level. Mm-hmm. And, and the same with parenting as well. It's, you know, it's that thing of do you... Uh, do you parent in a way that like oh, I made a mistake but just plow on through and don't yeah, admit yeah. Don't, don't admit weakness um, yeah. or do you go I'm sorry I really I lost my temper there and I really mm. shouldn't have and um, and I'm definitely the latter like I'd much rather apologise for something oh, that yeah, I yeah. have I guess done and I'm sure I'm sure we have done that with the kids I think part of it is, um, is when you're talking about reflecting openly with children is um, for younger children they don't necessarily have a concept that you that you are in any way mm. having a metacognition of how you behave yeah. around them. They yeah. just take you saying and doing everything you do as, well, yeah. that's just how you say things, rather than thinking. And then, so I don't think they would have a concept of it, but I would find it very... So an older child, say 8, 9, 10, who would understand the idea that you go, mm. I'm performing a service here, mm. I'm doing whatever. And then I think, you know, I worry that you might detract something from um you might sort of like put a bit of a sour taste on any relationship because anytime you know if you got into your head thinking that like if i thought you were putting on a show for me or were behaving as a i don't know i know you're not because Mm. of the way you act around me but like (laughs) if i thought you were behaving intentionally in a way when mm. you were near me, mm. if you were, if we then ever had like a, a real moment of connection or whatever, I would then start to second guess it and go, oh, but is she doing? Especially you know in a situation where you're being paid, mm. and you and you might go, oh well, are they? Uh, you, you know what I mean? It's just an interesting. I kind of do, but I kind of feel like children are pretty savvy to like you know their their lives are mostly full of relationships with teachers or other sure. kind of like authority. But how many of them figures. are honest about the fact that they're? performing a particular you know teaching you might go well i'm here to impart knowledge forest school you've got a bit more of a like we're building a relationship and it's all this yeah, kind of we're getting to know each other yeah. i know you go well would you be getting to know me if you weren't being paid no because nah, i'm a ruthless know. capitalist and you know obviously i see dollar signs in, that's when why i look you, at that's you that's why you work in forest school isn't yeah. it so you're a capitalist exactly um <laughs> i so. don't know i yeah i this it is very emotive this idea of like the child that is there's I think we were talking about a difference um so if you look at like free play is a massive part of forest school mm-hmm. um and choice being a massive part of forest school and then rejection so mm-hmm. we've talked about this and, we yeah, talk, yeah. and in it's okay not to share that's yeah. a big thing isn't it so uh for example you know the example she had the Schumacher is like a group of girls or a group of boys making a den and then going this is girls only no boys allowed, making a sign that says that, and all of this kind of And that's stuff. why this book is challenging, because it's yeah. a direct antithesis of that. Yes, you know. exactly. But we briefly spoke the other day about the difference between that kind of rejection and the persistent rejecting of one or two children, mm. and also um, the... Uh, the contact time so if you were a teacher in a class of 30 kids and you've Mm -hmm. got the same 30 kids five days a week nine till three and it is three kids in your class who Mm -hmm. just are never allowed to play and their lives are miserable then i would say that kind of that's gone from rejection to almost bullying like that's another step of well i think i think there's there's what um what i would say about this book and 
I just like cards on the table. I I finished the book and I don't agree with it. I don't, uh, you know, it, I found it really interesting. I think you should read things that challenge your practice. Yeah. But at the end of it, I've come out and I've gone, <clears throat> no, I'm pretty confident in what I'm doing. Um, because part of what I think the the difficulty with this this idea and it, and that it is fully, you know, a child, you you and your friend are playing princesses, and someone else comes up and says, "Can I play princesses?" And you have to say yes, mm-hmm. right? Um. And what I think that that is shutting off is um, the chance for children to have a dialogue mm-hmm. about why they might not feel comfortable or mm-hmm. not feel safe. So, and I'm taking that, you know, mm-hmm. this kind yeah. of, the, the, this book kind of, I think um, Vivian, when she's writing the book, partly I think she feels a large amount of guilt when she sees children yeah. being shunned because she feels um, responsible for it. Yeah. Um, but also I think that she writes this book from the perspective that like the rejection is like a um, uh, an illogical mm-hmm. or a social kind yeah. of like we don't like Gemma and so yeah. we're all going to say no to Gemma yeah right? you've got but, to look at the reasons but it could be happening. that Gemma are like is too rough and the other children don't like it. Yeah. And in this system of like, you can always play mm. and they're not allowed, to, and they say that the, the children can't put caveats on it. You know, mm. they can't say, well, you can play if, or you can play whatever. Yeah. It's, you just have to let Gemma play. Going back to what you said about there being roughy tufty, um, yeah. that's glossed over very briefly. Oh, yeah. Isn't it? They, they do bring that up and they say, what if the person being rejected is rejected because they're just horrible and mean? Like, they, they don't play nicely, so they come mm. in and they just ruin the game and they're horrible to everyone and they push everyone. And um, and I think she says, or somebody else says, well, the the other children just keep telling them not to do it. And yeah. then they stop and doing it. And they'll stop it. doing it, yeah. And it's or, like, or, and so it's looking at why, yeah. And it's not giving, and you know, I think part of the, the, the way that we've kind of encouraged children to interact where they go, uh, you know, if, if, and we've had it, haven't we, where children have been constantly shut out of games mm-hmm. and actually the, the thing we've gone in and said is can you tell me why yeah. you don't want so and so to play which you hope transitions away from you needing to be there to the point where if that person went and asked the children wouldn't go through you they would just say to that person we don't want you to play because of x and that's valuable I, social yeah. feedback for that person who's being rejected and mm-hmm. i'm not denying if there's a kid who's constantly being rejected just because they don't like her just because He's or not even the she talks the about like color of skin and color of hair, okay, doesn't she? Yes. And gender. So those, but those so are. I think there's stuff, so. there's separate things there, but it is valuable feedback that the children aren't getting mm-hmm. if they're always allowed to play, and the other children are always left feeling, oh, I wish, I wish they knew that, mm. like. I don't, you know, she takes up too many of the bricks, or that he runs faster in that game, and the game isn't fun. And you're taking away that dialogue from mm-hmm. them, and so these children that are introducing themselves to play never get like a, a, a an honest and quick social feedback that just goes. Mm. Well, you can play, but only if you run with us. You don't run on ahead. Or, and they go, or are you can. I don't want you to play. Why? Because you always push me. Yeah. You know. So we've had that, haven't we? In terms yeah, yeah. of like. Uh, can I ask why? Because I'm scared. I'm scared of that child and I'm scared that they're going to push me or yeah. hit me. And then you can go reflect back to the child and go, are, are you going to do gonna that? They're them? scared yeah. that you're going to do that, that, they're gonna, that you're going to hurt them. Are you going to? No. no. And then if they do, then that's again your place to go and you go, well, you know, you yeah. said yeah. you weren't going to and you have, so now we're going to do something else. Um, they talk about the, ch- the children's right to leave the game, don't they? So they mm. talk about that quite a lot and say, well... Um, 
I'm playing with my best friend and then somebody comes along who I don't mind but my best friend doesn't like mm. so if I say yes to this other person my best friend is going to leave the game yeah. and then where does that leave me and then they kind of say well you know it's your right to leave if you want to leave the game then you can just leave the game but you have to say yes to somebody joining mm. um, and so I kind of wonder how that would pan out if you had just, um, if yeah. it was if it was a more valid reason for not wanting to play with a child like you're scared of them mm. then what pattern are you getting into there where a group says okay yes you can play because we have to say yes otherwise we're going to get told off mm. um, not but, because they want you to play yeah. that's again we're talking you know we go back to like a motivation thing mm. and are the children I know we're talking here you know these incredibly eloquent children have this conversation where they're like well the person who uh, doesn't want you to play but lets them play they're still playing but the person who gets rejected they're sadder because they don't get to play at all yeah. and they have this weird like a thing where the children are understanding it through empathy mm. but actually I think 80% of the children in here would it's not empathy it, no it's not empathy it's mm. fear of like That's really this what, is going to tell me yeah, off this is I really what this book play. is about it's about how about em- what is empathy how do you instill it in children is it your role to instill it in children does it happen naturally like can you fake it essentially can yeah. you fake empathy yeah. until you make it no because I, don't, I think the children in this book are just going to feel you know, like I say, there isn't a huge amount of like, we did it for five years, we've done it for ten years, these are the pitfalls and whatever. It's all hypothetical. And I feel like the children in this book are just going to end up having no ownership over their own play because they know at any point someone can come and change what they're playing. And and, and who can live in it? You know, you were talking last time about playing Monopoly and like... It's a very different game if you agree to a set of rules and you play that game through to the end than if you played the game and you're constantly looking at the door in case somebody comes in who goes, fuck it, it's risk now, Boom, mm. you know, flips the board. And how do you play a game knowing that, you know, it's like a... Yeah, and then your role as teacher is still, you're still involved in kind of maybe moderating this new person and going, oh, hold on a minute, you're not being very fair yeah. to these other people, blah, 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 blah. Um... I was going to say something. We talked a bit about um, this being like the picture she paints of their kind of average day. Mm. Seems it seems really free play heavy, doesn't it? Like the the play that she's describing is like very involved and very intense, and it has the chance to continue. Oh, I didn't get that. Oh, I did. I kept okay. like you know. Oh, we always play um, Cinderella, and we but we and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and we talked a bit about how things might be different in a UK classroom right now Mm -hmm. so maybe in like early years you might still be there but if you're looking further up the actual space in the day that children have to free play and how this rule might affect that if they're only getting say an hour a day which is complete free choice without any adult intervention Um, but minimal adult intervention yeah does this does that make a case more for this kind of rule because if somebody is always rejected in that so you've only got 20 minutes and, and you get rejected never get to you play. Like, they've yeah. ne- like they never play so you have got to curate that hour of free play much more heavily and ensure that everybody's getting access to that you mm. don't really have time to go okay cool they just want to play with themselves right now but they might want to play with you later because there yeah. is no later yeah, yeah. so you don't have time and, um, or whether you could look at it the other the side other yeah, and go yeah. That play is so valuable for those children that are in that play. Should then, you let anyone Yeah, to then yeah. adulterating it by forcing them to let other people join is even more damaging. Mm. Uh, I just had another thought as well that I really want to talk about. Oh, damn it, what was I going to say? 
can't remember. Well, I, I think one of the things when I was... Well, okay, this might be a, a good point then to talk about. One of the things that um, I, I found the most uncomfortable about this book, and it's not that it's mentioned often, but the way that it's mentioned gives it like an inordinate amount of weight. And there's... I can't find it in here... But there's a Bible quote yeah. about, like, yeah. if you accept the stranger, then you yeah. are the whatever. And it's yeah. one Bible quote, yeah. right? So, okay, right, I appreciate that some people follow the Bible and it's, yeah. a, you know, to teach you a bit whatever. But to base a large part of children's education and social learning mm -hmm. on an abstract thing, and she kind of leans on it, you know, I, I, I think she is a person with faith mm -hmm. and she kind of leans on it for me quite heavily in terms of like well it's in you know it's in peter mm. 3 mark 2 so it mm. you know uh, so it's been around you know well it's been around a long time but so is like stoning people to death who wear mixed fabrics mm. you know that is equally one line in the same <laughs> book I mean, you can't to pick one and not the other is 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 inconsistent and i i feel like that's one of the 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 things that makes me a bit uncertain about the book is that it's not lent on it's not it's not standing on strong pillars of evidence and practice and research it's built on a kind of her guilt and a quote she got from the bible mm. and a a feeling she has about children's play and that is a little bit kind of shaky for me and maybe that's where i would feel better if it was like this is how i started the idea and now here's a load of examples of how it has worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would feel like, oh, okay, the origin story to me, meh. Yeah. But if, you, if you're showing me a yeah. thing that improves children's play yeah. and their social development, then yeah. great. But if you're just going to talk to me for 80-odd pages yeah. about a conceptual idea you sort of had based on a thing you haven't tried, mm. that makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. I've remembered what I want to say now, okay. and it's about like it goes back to that nature of rejection. So she's just kind of going rejection. Rejection is awful. Rejection mm -hmm. is horrible. It stays with you forever. It's going to affect you. So if you're the kid that's rejected in kindergarten, you are still going to grow up to be a really like emotionally damaged adult, and yeah. it's not going to go away. And it starts then. And we've got to stop other humans doing that to each other and making yeah. them feel that way. Um, and I'm kind of interested in going back to what we said about like why so like mm -hmm. if you could kind of categorize different types of rejection yeah so whether it be kind of like just prejudice so children yeah, go, yeah. you have a different color of skin to me therefore you can't play mm -hmm. so asking why and if you get to that then what do you do as a practitioner about mm. it um whether it is about kind of natural uh child development social like finding out Tribalism. Their social group, yeah you know. finding out okay we're all girls okay what makes us girls and let's be extra girly all of that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um learning about friendship so i can't remember whether it was um you know this program's a secret life of yeah. four-year-olds yeah, yeah. i think it was four-year-olds um where they have the hidden cameras and yeah. then the kind of like they just experiment on kids yeah. it's awful. <laughs> like, and they sit there with um, microphones and they uh, all these experts they put kids in situations that they know they're going to fail in yeah. and then watch it from a yeah. camera and go oh can you believe that we gave all the kids chocolate and told them not to eat it I and then know. what a little naughty or whatever those bits are awful um the bits that i find more interesting are just where the kids are at free play mm -hmm. and they're just being recorded and they just like comment on what's happening yep. so um there's some particularly kind of yeah sort of mean rejecting behavior at one point in the show mm -hmm. I think it's like, you know, you can't come down the slide. The slide is only for us two. But it's like a group of, um, I think it's a group of three people, I think girls, 
And they spend the whole day like toing and froing between one minute being like, yeah, we're all best friends. Sorry. If you like this podcast and want to support more episodes, you can donate through Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash children of the forest to show your support for the Forest School podcast. Uh, yeah, it's a group of uh, three people and two of them are going, oh, no, you can't. This is just for mm-hmm. us now. But then later in the day, they are like, you're my best friend. I love you. Yeah, they're you just know? playing with it. They're yeah, exactly. And they kind of, um, I just remember them talking, the, yeah. the experts in air quotes, um, talking about like at this age, this is really common because that's how we learn what friendship is by breaking it, by testing mm. it, by stretching the boundaries and going, if I say this to you, what are you going to do? Are you still going to be my friend or are you going to be like, get away from yeah, me, I never yeah. want to see you again. How does it how does that feel? How does it feel to be You've got to fall off the bike. Yeah, There's and it's like thing, about that power and that you know, how does it feel to do that? The trouble is, which I completely get, as the trouble is there are definitely some children for whom that feeling of power and that feeling of rejection uh, rejecting um becomes quite addictive and they and they talk about mm-hmm. a lot in this book mm-hmm. about bosses. Yeah. And I find that really interesting and about whether what our role is in that and what and whether we because well, that's not necessarily that, that healthy. That maybe needs a bit more explanation because that's not a thing that we have in our setting. It's not a thing I've experienced in other settings. Or uh, about uh, people being So they have this thing in this in, in her school, wherever she's um, mainly based that boss it, all games have a boss at the mm. start of her kind of description and so it's the boss is normally whoever makes the game up yeah. so it's normally somebody who's very extroverted who kind of goes you, you and you let's go and play princesses or let's run over here and that yeah. person's the boss and then they talk about the impl- implication of like can just the boss let people into the game or can anybody let people into the game and what happens if you vote does the person joining get a vote does the per- you know and so that's an interesting thing because I've not really... I think if you put, if you looked at the play of our younger children and I'm tried sure to there are leaders, but the idea the of there being a boss, uh, explicitly a boss, because yeah. I think there's a very big difference between explicitly putting on, you know, making a show of, well, no, I'm the boss, it's my game, whereas I don't know that I've... Oh, we have had that. We have literally had those words. Do you remember? We've had children coming up to us and saying, I'm not really happy because so-and-so says they're the boss and some people are fine with that, but I'm not really fine with that because they're making me do stuff I don't want to do because they're the boss. Do you remember that? Yes. There yes. you go. Sorry. So but that's one, that's one example. That's yeah. not a, it's oh, not a consistent yeah, yeah, yeah. type of thing. But what I'm kind of, I'm talking exactly about that kind of example where it's actually not healthy for that child either to, to develop that. Oh, yeah type of behaviour and that's how they play they play with that sense of I need to be in control and I can see completely why well, that kind of factors into some children have other needs which you know that mean that they fit one role more than the other yeah. or they but for those children know. who don't necessarily have uh, yeah. like yeah, yeah. you know additional needs in that kind of way mm-hmm. um, I can see how it might be a, a pattern of behaviour that you can fall into unless that's challenged in some way, even in a very, even if it is a very gentle kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or can you not? Can do you just have to let it ride? And someone's just got a more bullshit personality. Yeah. You know, it, and sometimes that can. Uh, it's interesting seeing that. So we have some pairs of like siblings that will come, or groups of siblings that come, and it's interesting sometimes seeing that dynamic is. As you might expect, older child is the more mm-hmm. dominant person, but that 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 sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's the middle one because then the middle one has become so much more bolshy that actually, mm. that you know they they dictate it. Or even the little ones, 
the younger ones even have a they go no I'm going to see what happens if I push back and I assert mm. on this yeah. um, and whether the the person who was the boss can go Oh, I'm not okay. You know, the leaders mm. can go. Okay, maybe it's your turn to leave for a bit. I was thinking about or... that as um, for a school as an environment for play being different to home and school, and thinking about whether um, like our groups that are regular <coughs> and it's children from lots of different places. So a uh-huh. group like a Saturday morning, for example, where kids are coming from all different schools. Some of them yep. might know each other, but on the whole, they don't. Mm-hmm. And it's like almost like a level playing field, yep. and it's more mixed age, and how. Um, sort of reading this book I was thinking about how rejection doesn't happen very often in those groups Um, it happens more often if children do know each other and they almost bring with them those um, things from school and Mm. then but even still when they do so I've had like parents drop off and go oh I can see so and so is here today they do have issues at school just to make you aware and so I've been on the lookout for it and actually you can see the moment where the penny drops and go oh okay I don't actually have to be horrible to you here like the social pressures of school mean Mm. that I have to be like no you are annoying or you are the loser but you're just not in my class or you're not in my year and you know all of that play it's kind of like a level playing field which I really like and it reminds me a bit of um uh, when I was teaching secondary, I had a drama club, and um, mm. and the people, the children, the children that came, that chose to come, were just such a random bunch of like weirdos. And I can say that with love, right? Because I know yeah. I was yeah. the weirdo going, "Hey, weirdos, <laughs> let's be weird." You were the weird beacon. But, yeah, and I kind of feel like, in a way, maybe optional for a school, as in you know, a program that people decide to come to, as opposed yeah. to your dropping into a class and doing or it's yeah, an yeah, afternoon the, a week. Yeah, so yeah. an optional thing like a holiday club or a or a, you know, extracurricular activity, mm-hmm. let's say, um, is less likely to be fraught with these issues because everyone's kind of drawn to it because they like that style of well, I think Freedom part of, of of what makes Forest School... So this book is interesting because she's divided up her conversations by year group. Mm. Um, and they're very... The, the children... Mm. It's interesting as she goes up, the children are more and more... Not scathing, but like she says they're almost... Um, reminiscent and nostalgic already you know the year the the eight-year-olds are going well maybe if you'd put it in when we were five but we were nice we're too old and wizened now and all this stuff kindergartners are nicer they're nicer humans but i think part of it is kind of um in the school system it's like uh it's a bit subconscious but the idea but because we're split by age you then kind of for most of the day it's reinforce to you that like these children are working at a higher level than you and those children are working at a lower level than you and that's why you've been split and even inside a class and you Mm. you know let me tell you if you're a teacher that thinks that you're like oh you're not the low group you're the triangle group right it's bullshit the children know what's fucking going on right but but this this whole idea of division but in forest school when you do, because a lot more of it is physical, mm. when you go, right, shall we make a den? Mm. There isn't like a, right, well, you get to build with the biggest, unless you're doing mm. forest school really badly. Mm. You're building with the bigger sticks and you're going to, you know, you just go, there's the fucking woods, mm. right? A five-year-old can pick up most of the same sticks as an eight-year-old yeah. can. And so there's this massive level of, or you just, yeah. you know, the way that we approach things with children is a lot more optimistic. Because like we were talking about with that ZPD and it's moving and shifting and we're, doing whatever with it in a lesson you go right here is this level of like sentence work we're doing today we can do fronted adverbials or whatever um but 
with a... Some children will be able to use an adverb well, for a fabulous yeah. thing. Most children will be able to bloody blah. <sighs> All children will be able to bloody blah. And we don't have that. But what I mean is we just arrive with, we're going to do some not work. And we did this yesterday with a group mm. where we didn't go, you are five, so we're going to mm. give you the chunky rope. We just went, here's the rope. Mm. Do you all want to have a go at this rope? You're mm. eight, you're five. Mm. You know, my little boy was there. He wasn't joining in with the ropes. But, <laughs> but we put it there and just went, yeah. go for it. And that is a massive leveller because they're, they're, they are then judging each other on the content of their character and, and how they interact because they're not giving this weird, you know, like all the girls go over here and the boys go over here or let's, let's divide you by year group or let's do whatever else. And so yeah. I think one of the things that I would say about this book is kind of the school system infers a lot of like, exclusion mm. into children and then that is the way of the world because that's how you're set up and that's how you do it and so mm. it seems then very natural what do you do you imitate the adults what do the adults do they split us into groups and they mm. they infer us mm. oh god it doesn't take long for me to go off on schools does no. it it really <laughs> has become like a match to mm. i don't know oil but i um kind of agree with you like going back to that podcast we did the other day about um yeah democracy and play mm-hmm. and uh, what's his name? The bloke who wrote who wrote the article that we were talking about. I can't remember the now. bloke. You know Peter Gray. Yes. So Peter Gray uh, describes play being the ultimate like um, democratic act because if someone is being really bossy and you, like, you just leave, and they therefore learn. Oh, if, if I'm really bossy, then everyone just leaves. You're and the king of an anti island, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, but also that uh, free play without adult intervention will. Um, adjust for people's differences so mm-hmm. you know the kids will go oh the game is more fun if we all play so let's little Johnny is tiny so we're gonna uh, just tweak the rules for him and that kind of mm-hmm. thing um, which doesn't seem to be happening in well that kind of ties books uh, environment at all it's like that needs to be forced whereas I wonder whether because forest school is kind of predominantly free play like the children mm-hmm. arrive knowing that's the vibe like the point of it is to play well, and, and also, therefore it's important I think it pulls into adapt. what we were saying earlier about is it you know do you protect it because it's so precious or do you let everyone in because it's so precious mm. and if you asked that to children I think you would get a different response if it's like do you want the five year olds to play with you during your only 20 minute break of the day mm. maybe not mm. are you happy for the five year olds to play with you this morning because, because you're going to play all day. So you might play with them for 20 minutes. And so you can make adjustments. You're not being asked to make adjustments all day. You're saying, right, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll children's play goes, right, we'll make adjustments for you. And you can't run as fast. And, you, you know, you're a bit bigger. So let's let's mm. do that. Because they know that yeah, they'll get and, their needs met in other ways. the exclusion isn't all day either. So no, exactly. we might have children go um, in our, like, all day sessions. We might mm. have a child come up to go, because they don't want to play what I want to play right now and they're like really sad but the sadness lasts for a minute or two because there is the whole day and inevitably it circles back round and later on either that child is now involved in play with the others that is very fulfilling for them or they have found their own individual very fulfilling thing because they've got the space and time to do that so the exclusion and rejection doesn't feel as deep Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I think we're 
more possibly more comfortable so we talked before about this idea of like we're very comfortable letting children uh, graze their knees or um, fall off of something that's you know six seven meters high I don't care Um, (laughs) that's not true (laughs) no it's eight at a minimum Um, but but we are more comfortable as practitioners to go I'm, All I'm thinking I'm not about is spine damage now. Okay. I, you're talking to but, but, just but, 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 my first but we are more socially open to this idea of like, you might feel upset and that is okay and valuable as a feeling. Mm-hmm. But I get the sense from Vivian's book that she feels like, oh my God, avoid at all costs. You well, know, I think it's because it's of... the persistent nature well, it's of the it, persistent, but also, you know, it If every day the same kid is in tears in the cubbyhole, then you have got But we would step in you. at that point. I'm not saying yeah. we wouldn't, but what I mean is we are more more happy to... Not more happy. We're more comfortable with the, the long-term development idea mm-hmm. that, you know, so-and-so will be... Someone will be rejected and will work through their feelings for 10 minutes mm. because we, we're confident that they'll get back into play somewhere else but if you one if you feel very guilty about that you're seeing a child upset and you go I must never let children be upset ever mm-hmm. that's going to affect you not negatively but that will impact your judgement mm-hmm. um, and also if you like we're saying again if you only have 20 minutes or, or 45 minute break time and it takes children 35 minutes to work through the feeling of being rejected at the start mm-hmm. you 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 do have to make adjustments and go yeah. right well I uh, what's what, what's better for them to have a whole day off to work through this feeling yeah. I say whole day off you know this whole break time is gone because they had to work yeah. through their feelings of yeah, rejection yeah, yeah. Yeah. and that means they never get the chance to rebuild it mm. whereas if you looked at a percentage and went you know how often were they rejected over a whole day of free play mm. it's going to be under yeah, under yeah, 5% yeah, yeah, yeah. under 2% yeah. even yeah. but if you're rejected for yeah. the same amount of physical time yeah. in a 40 minute session yeah. that could be 80% of that time is yeah. rejection time I'd be really changing the topic slightly I'd be really interested to know what um, settings people work in deal with this issue and how, how they deal with it so like like buddy benches and all these kind of like tactics mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm. hear schools employing and um, because we're now out of the school system, you know, yeah. people who are still there, what works, what doesn't work, yeah. how do people, or, you know, have people experienced this in their forest school settings and, you know, how have they dealt with mm. it? We haven't even really touched on um, this book's other half, which is that every couple of pages, um, oh, she's into this story. She's writing stories at the same time. So oh. she's got this whole kind of, it's almost like a parable, isn't it, about a... Uh, a magpie and oh a it's the what it's supposed to be i think it's supposed to be like an allegory because yeah, an allegory I mean, is like a, a, re, a yeah. reflection isn't it mm. but it is the most fun that's the one of the things that makes it feel i'm getting angry yeah don't get angry i after the second chunk of it because they're not even clearly marked as like chapter one is theory chapter two is this allegory chapter mm. three is theory you know it just it's it, it appears halfway mm. through and so you'd be reading this thing where they're going like Oh, uh, you know, I'm talking about as a reading the book as an experience, and you get this kind of like, oh, and we wondered about whether the children would feel rejected, and we thought that actually that's kind of an interesting. The frog and the princess were going to the castle, and the, and you just snap out of it. And I wonder mm. if I now sat down and just read the allegory, like mm. you know, mm. did the opposite, would I get something out of it? But two two chunks in, I just went when I see that because it's in italics, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, or it's in, a, yeah, yeah. you know. And I just went. I am skipping italics. I am yeah. not reading that. Yeah. It doesn't speak to me. Maybe if you're a different practitioner, you you know. And I don't know. Maybe I've missed. It. Maybe we've missed the whole point of the book. Maybe there's a joke at the end of it where it goes, "Ha ha, not really." Mm. But I'm not going to read that bit. I just 
I, I can't. You, do you know what mm. I mean? It, it, it's already a slow book, and then to slow it down more. Yeah. By kind of re- and they seem to be the first couple that I read, just reiterating what she had said. You know, I, mean, I guess that's mm. a point of an allegory, but they were just reiterating it in like a fantasy setting. You know, mm. she has a chapter about the children were saying it wasn't fair because the, mm. um, you know, uh, Poppy wasn't allowed to play, and then you get this weird parable where it's like the princess and the king won't let the frog into the castle, and mm. and I don't know whether the, the idea is that you're supposed to read that book to children and, and they're supposed to get some sort of, you know, mm. um, moral from it or whatever, but it, it, oh, it set badly with me. Did you read it? I just, I read half of it and then stopped and started just reading the, 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 the real world stuff. <laughs> the yeah. actual book. The actual book. But yeah, the actual book book is not long enough. No, it, 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 it's an interesting... I don't know whether I think it should or shouldn't. You know, I think it's a valuable thing. I think if you are someone who's listening to this and you're already, um, you know, we're preached to the choir of people who are, you know, but already on board. But we've had this... It did remind me, we, um, at one of the um, Forest School Association gatherings, that mm. you had just gone home and... Um, Sounds like me. You just got, yeah, you just got out. Just leave. I can't deal um, with people. And I did have a really interesting discussion with a group of practitioners where we talked about exactly this. So um, there's a group of people, they make a den, and then someone goes, can I come in? No, you can't come in. And I think I was the only person who... Didn't make the children out. Yes. Yeah. And so they were like, really? What do you do then? Uh, and we, I just talked about our kind of, you know, things about looking after each other, looking after um, yourself, yeah, looking yeah, after yeah. the woods. And, uh, and how we would deal with that situation. And they were all kind of like, oh my God, oh my, yeah, oh, okay. But then, but not in a negative, they weren't kind of judging us. They were going, oh, that's really interesting food for thought. Like it's very, mm. so I think it is a forest school issue for sure. And it is one that people have very different views on so I think it would be I think it would be interesting reading they should have my view and no others I think uh, one of the one of the you're just not going to buy no Um, uh, This American Life has a podcast with Vivian Cusson Paley uh, Paley, uh, kind of summarising the book and the idea oh yeah yeah Yeah, we listened to it so I would say that probably that is more interesting and one of the reviews of this book I read it was like the podcast actually does it much better summarises the actual thing rather than the book waffling on about magpies Um, so yeah yeah so I guess yeah it's not something that I think so this is the other pit that I think is, is, is good about our practice is that we have this book we both read it and we then have, have to by nature of us being 50-50 leaders have to have a discussion yes. so that we're having a consistent approach what I would be find interesting is somebody who is entirely on their own mm. how because you know the pros of, of that are that you can switch on a sixpence and go I've read this book, I'm completely changing my practice. Yeah. Whereas you and I have not loads of layers of, you know, we're not like a school where yeah. you, you know, you're a class teacher and you want to change when you do maths and that's three years of planning and five pitches to the head teacher. You know, we, we have to just talk to each other and go... Tomorrow we're doing that. Tomorrow we're doing that. Or what did you think of this? This is partly why we're doing it. Is our, yeah. We just started recording our reflections mm. and we've ended up with a podcast. And mm. it's kind of... 
do you think there's anything from this that that you would say I'd like to start doing that in our practice or that it's made you think maybe not a recommendation from a book mm. from the book but maybe anything that you've gone I'm more aware of that yeah, or definitely. I, I want oh, to think about that I definitely think it forces your awareness doesn't it and it makes you as she describes situations then um, you can't help but think of children that you know and you work mm-hmm. with and mm-hmm. situations that have happened and um, looking at it through a different lens and how it's just another kind of reflection tool I think and a yeah so I wouldn't say that it has any strategies in there that I'd go, I'm going to try that. Um, but it's made me focus in on this particular issue of like rejection mm. and inclusion. I feel like it's um, slightly, but not, obviously not, uh, not to the same extent. It's almost uh, if the confrontation situation excuse me, was on a, um, one of those old-timey scales, mm-hmm. and I think there's the chapter on one side of... Uh, it's okay not to share where they're talking about mm. you know rejection and all, mm. all of this and how you're protecting the rights of the people already playing mm-hmm. and that for me is very mm-hmm. heavily weighted mm-hmm. and then this book kind of sits on the other side of that situation where it goes mm-hmm. well consider the person that's being rejected mm. and has dragged that scale back yeah. Yeah. not to balance mm-hmm. I still think for me that there's something about the people who are already in play and in flow. Do you know what though? Because I, think... I kind of thought that too and then we haven't talked about the fact that it was the general election yesterday. We haven't talked about that, right? But driving this morning and thinking about it, I was like, but what if those scales that you've just described and us going, but these people are already playing. Mm-hmm. What about if you look at that on a bigger scale and it's going, yeah, well, the people that got the good stuff going on, you don't want to like screw them up. You don't want to screw them over, those people that have got all that lovely stuff. The people that don't have the lovely stuff, I mean, they'll probably just work it out. You just need to protect the rights of the people who've got the lovely stuff. That's the most important thing, because they've already got it. And it really sat uncomfortably mm. with me, and I was like, hang on a minute, there is a level. It's like, it's that balance between, like, adults... Well, that's what I mean, I'm not, I'm not wholly dropping the scale know, on the side of people already playing I and know. going, fuck the people of that course, want to join. Of course, but I thought, it's just a... If you are confident, it's just a, it's a awareness. Yeah. If you're confident, if you're always reflecting on your groups and going, am I, as this practitioner, am I giving this balance, as you describe it, to like child-led, free play choice, but without damaging anybody? Mm. And I guess that comes down to that looking after each other thing. It's like mm. you assess each situation differently. Is that rejection happening because those people are going, it's really fun to reject people actually and Mm. that person usually cries and that's really nice to make that person cry. It makes me feel good, makes me feel better and it makes me feel stronger with these other people that I'm always playing with. Mm -hmm. If it's that kind of rejection, that isn't looking after each other and that is like, you need to step in. You can't just uh, like absent yourself from it and go, it's for yeah. a school, it's child-led. If they do that, then, you know, yeah. it'll all come out in the wash and that's get anarchy. over it. That's anarchism. That's yeah. just, what's the point in you being there as a leader yeah, at that yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But I can see how if you weren't confident on your journey or on your with a group that was really challenging and you're trying to find your place in that, you're trying to find out the relationship, or it's a new mm. group to you, where, you know, do you have to go in very teachably and go, hang on a minute, this isn't right, you're not allowed to talk to them like that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. How is that going to make you feel as a leader, being like that? Yeah. So I find you've got to... It's all very well if it's working nicely, but if it's not working, you have to keep on check, checking mm-hmm. in, I would say, especially if you are working in a bigger group that is mm-hmm. more of a cross-section of society other than there's some families who know about forest school and they've chosen to send their kids here, which yeah. is a different kettle of fish so that's self-selecting isn't it yeah and so that uh connection between like 
I guess, socialism, you know, or well, I think part, I is... think part of what's interesting, just to take it back to this book, because I think we're nearly done, um, is that she is very much talking about introducing something socially and emotionally as a, you know, we've all got stuff that teachers said when we were five that mm -hmm. stuck in your head for good or for bad, mm -hmm. right? Stuff that, you know, like they like say, part of the uh, implicit responsibility of teaching is that children will value what you say as almost gospel. Mm. You know, you you and their parents, mm. if you're their teacher, you probably see them a little bit more than their parents sometimes. You can have a very big impact, right? Especially lower down, lower in the education system. Mm -hmm. So what she's talking about is putting something into children's uh, ideology, thought processes, whatever you want to say, at a very young age, at the start mm -hmm. of their schooling thing, and then saying, I think it will have these implications mm. going forwards. If you were to take this book and you were doing a, a pop-up session on a school field with a group mm. of year sixes mm. who have already been in a class together for, for six years, seven years, mm -hmm. and then you go, well, I think I'm going to completely overhaul this system. Yeah. That's very different. And maybe you do need to have a firmer hand yeah. at the start, or maybe you need to reassess things. But she is almost working with like not a blank slate, mm. But younger children who can more easily adapt and can take stuff on and go, oh, you know, some children, they put a new thing in at school, like, oh, you don't hang your coats up here, now you go and hang them up over there. Two days in, you would think that the children had never hung their coats. For the vast majority of them, they just go, nope, okay, doing this. So I think she's got a bit of a different perspective on that. And when we're applying this to forest school, it's worth taking in holistically the whole history and background of mm. of everything of the group you're working with yeah. rather than just going oh well, of course yeah you know but but where I, I do think the the how okay not to share theories mm -hmm. do drop in more easily to actually this is how we run things at forest school mm -hmm. i think that's much easier for to to kind of go no i'm protecting yeah. everybody's rights here and i'm doing all this stuff yeah i think this would be much harder to put into an established group mm. you know yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That would be my takeaway yeah. from it. I've really enjoyed this discussion. I could carry on all day. I don't want to, but I no. could. Mm. I keep having thoughts. So that's why this book is good, I think. I've just yeah. been like, okay, well, how do you define that? Go back to, okay, not share. There's a kid on the rope swing. Another kid comes up. I want to play. Mm. There's only one rope swing. Like, how does that. Yeah. But anyway, that would open up a whole other channel of conversation. That's a whole but, different um, thing. I think I if you. enjoyed it. It's would like. Meaty. Yeah, if you want to have a bit of a challenge of your thought processes it's yeah. not a long book especially if you take out the bullshit yeah. story in it yeah. it's it's maybe actually probably that is half of it so it's probably 80 odd pages i yeah. read it in about three hours yeah. um i would definitely recommend people read it if if not recommend the ideas <laughs> bye bye You can visit Children of the Forest in person and get incredible face-to-face -face training on a range of different topics, whether you're a full-time forest school teacher, a classroom teacher, or senior management. Visit childrenoftheforest.com for details and to book on to all the upcoming training.